now clubhouse and platforms like telegram was not my thing because you know finding that community wasn't on priority it's on it was on my wish list on twitter uh, i remember twitter space started it was like that clubhouse thing where we all were you know there and we used to talk and that was like an audio chatting thing group chat kind of a thing and it was crazy the experience was crazy people were just being themselves having fun we like interacted with so many amazing people i remember anvir alabadia joining my space manish pande in fact we even hosted a space i and two of my friends with anupam mittal and ashneer grover from shark tank wow so what you know actually uh, made, gave me a confidence a motivation that uh, this platform is something because otherwise i can't even reach to these people and like they are not that accessible but uh, twitter made that happen and i've got some really amazing clients through twitter so getting work getting clients building a professional network was never the aim the aim was to build a community find people who are like me who i can have fun with and a platform where i can just be myself so that's how it started and i think that has still kept me growing the reason that i'm growing even till today the reason i'm getting so much love from people from twitter is because that they get to see my real side my authentic side a different side that they don't see anywhere Hey this is your host Manakshi Shivaswa also known as my boho voice and I welcome you to another amazing episode of Inspiring Explorers and as the name suggests Inspiring Explorers is all about inspiring you with the inspiring life journeys of some of the most successful personalities from around the world and they also share with us some interesting travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing For this episode of Inspiring Explorers we have an inspiring explorer who helps sort personal branding of founders and entrepreneurs Mahima Jalan Mahima Jalan the founder of Sorted Brand has a community of over 40k on LinkedIn and 22k plus on Twitter in a span of just 3 years and has built a strong personal branding solution for her clients that not only includes famous entrepreneurs and VCs but also those who are Forbes 30 under 30 and unicorn founders In this episode of Inspiring Explorers, we'll talk about personal branding. Of course, do's and don'ts on how to use Twitter as well as LinkedIn for our benefit, and also we'll dig deeper into Mahima's journey so far. And before we start this episode, let me tell you that you can watch all my Inspiring Explorer episodes on my YouTube channel named My Boho Voyage, or you can listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Just search for Inspiring Explorers on the apps, and you'll find the show. Also, all the links are mentioned in the description box below. Also. come connect with me on instagram at rate my boho voice to catch me and my guests go live on instagram and if you're on clubhouse let's catch up for some good conversations so without any further ado let me welcome our amazing guest for today founder of sorted brand mahima jalan so welcome to inspiring explorers mahima super excited to have you on inspiring explorers same here same here super excited wonderful So I'll hope that this interview helps a lot of people with personal branding because you are a personal branding coach and you have started Sorted Brand. So how did you like come up with the idea of Sorted Brand? So I think it's a very interesting question if I talk specifically about the name. So it's a very funny story. I mean, I when I joined Instagram when I was in school, mm. I don't know why I kept my Instagram username as Miss Sorted. 
and it's still like a private account it has only my close friends and family and i started miss sorted uh just like that i just wanted to look cool and somehow my friends started calling me miss sorted after that so i never changed it now when i started my agency and i wanted to keep a name for it i thought something that should firstly resonate with my personality my vibe and something that should have some meaning like i didn't wanted to keep a very digital marketing cliche kind of name so i came up with the word sorted because first it is like very personal to me i have my username and people know me by that name my friends and secondly i also like we have a vision of sorting the lives of our clients so that's why the name came you know sorted bandage nc it is like very personal and very much my vibe so yeah exactly that's that's a cool story separate account and initially when i started instagram was mostly to just keep a backup of my photographs and now it's like personal branding and digital branding and you know what what all and the millennials have a lot of chance with it so like you mentioned about the sorted brand so you help clients understand their personal branding goals and i've seen on instagram as well on your twitter and linkedin where you sort uh, you take them in your classes and you sort them out with their personal branding goals initially when they are just starting so what is the most common problem that you see in all these people that are starting initially for their personal branding goals what's the very first thing that they get stuck on very first thing that they do wrong about it so i think the first challenge uh, i see and especially if i talk about founders and entrepreneurs that are my major clients they have this problem of not starting out like they want to do it but they don't like they always have some excuse either it's lack of time or effort or anything so not starting out is i think the biggest challenge uh, everyone goes through and you just need to start like there are times when we get you know on calls with leads who have like literally zero followers zero following nothing like it's a fresh account and they want to like they want you know to get their personal branding and i ask them where were you what were you doing from so many years like why is there no activity nothing and they are like yeah time nahi hai yeah we like we don't know what to put we don't prioritize it we are not social media friendly so they want to leverage the advantages of personal branding but at the same time they don't want to put in that effort so i think that is one of the biggest challenges i see in a lot of people that they don't start in the first place once you start doing it you will figure out how it actually works and where you are lagging for example i see clients who are stuck in the middle like they have tried it before but they are not able to crack the social media game so that's like a different case and that's like still fine that at least you tried but then there are people who haven't even taken the first step so i think this is one of the biggest problems that at least start and see how you can leverage it and just try first yeah that's true <laughs> i i understand that <laughs> so i freelance about instagram marketing so the biggest problem comes out with oh there's so much work to do and i am really focusing on different things right now and not instagram so uh, do you think it's the fear of perfection with them with starting on instagram or twitter or linkedin absolutely because these are like perfectionist at least they try to be so hmm. and in their respective fields like they have done really well all of them are you know hustling day and night and doing great work so when it comes to social media also they want perfection a perfect post with zero grammatical errors properly structured it should not look look cringy or like it should be just perfect so with that goal to be perfect they end up not starting or they end up not being consistent 
so i think initially at least when you are starting out focus on tends to focus on building a habit of using social media every day and putting out things on social media rather than being perfect but then to solve this problem of perfection we come into which okay you just help us with the ideation and you know we'll make they actually want to be perfect because they can't compromise on that but they don't understand that initially you need to be out there first you need to be visible perfection can be taken care of i mean that should be secondary exactly and i would like to ask you when you started your brand of course you also went out with non perfect stuff right so the fear of perfection plus also making errors and putting yourself out there for people to judge you as well so like to be inspired like people will be inspired by you but they'll also judge you so how do you get away with that fear of you know putting yourself out there making failures happen and then getting better at it because now you are amazing at it <laughs> thank you firstly thank you so much but trust me i still make a lot of mistakes i still do a lot of goof up especially on twitter i am getting trolled every other day for putting something random something stupid because twitter is like my personal journal i just you know put out my most random thoughts on twitter and you see a totally different side of me on that platform uh, unlike insta or linkedin yeah yeah so i still get trolled i still make mistakes and i think i have come to terms that it's okay to make mistakes i am a human so if my community is expecting me to be perfect then i think like that's something i can never promise to them i try to be good i try to be helpful i try to add some value to their life or some fun some entertainment but i don't try to position myself as perfect and miss successful or anything like that because that's clearly what i'm not i still have a long way to go and i know even after 10 years i would be making mistakes so it's okay i mean i have normalized it exactly the more mistakes you make the more we learn and the more we get better at it so it's mostly make mistakes but learn from those mistakes so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's that's important that you like you make a new mistake every time hmm. that is i think more important than you know running away from that fear of making mistakes exactly and rather not doing anything just because we might make mistakes so yeah make mistakes that's okay yeah absolutely i mean we all make mistakes there's nothing like we all should normalize it no exactly. harm in it and then you all are learning in this you know process i mean every other day something new is coming on social media new conversations are happening new formats are coming few years back there was nothing like instagram reels people exactly. started exploring it so we all like made mistakes initially when it came to editing or you know background or anything and like for example there's so many metaverse ai so many conversations happening which we are clueless about at least we did not even heard of those words few years back we are all learning in this progress so i think there is no like point of chasing perfection if you want to build your personal brand that is authentic and that shows who you are truly then it's okay to make mistakes because a normal human does make mistakes that's absolutely normal exactly that's true that's very true so like you talked about twitter so i see you have like a lot of followers i think around uh, 22k plus on twitter so uh, how did yeah. you build that following like twitter is a little different than rest of you know instagram and linkedin now it's starting with videos i see Twitter is also starting with clubhouse things and reels etc but uh, you know initially it was just a 
four line thing kind of like a telegram that we used to send way back in the 60s you know <laughs> just four or five letters so twitter used to be like that so how did you build a brand on that and grow up so huge any tips on that so i started the platform very candidly honestly i started my uh, twitter account journey when the second wave of covid uh, came and i knew twitter is a great platform to get any help and i actually took help from twitter i had a new account with hardly 100 followers but i still you know got help from people in noida uh, for this covid thing my parents were covid positive i was covid positive so we needed something i think some medicine and oh. people were kind enough to help so that's when i realized that okay this platform is definitely very powerful and there's a lot to be explored here but after the covid got over i also relaxed and i was chill ki chalo theek hai matlab we'll explore the platform later on but somehow i had that urge to actually you know see what's inside the platform because not everyone in my industry was you know back then very active on this platform now how i grew was uh, actually so on linkedin it's a very professional platform you are very formal very poised and you can't post every hour or you know you have like you post once a day max Hmm. Instagram is very aesthetic you know beautiful things sell on Instagram your feed should be very aesthetically pleasing and it should be like well presented and you know your background and lighting and reels everything should be on point so again for you know a platform like this being consistent was a challenge for me because i just that's not the real me i'm not that aesthetic and i'm not concerned about aesthetics and real so maintaining instagram was uh, a bit challenging for me so i was actually looking for a platform where i can just be myself where i can talk to people who do not talk about work all the time but i can learn from them so i badly wanted a change in my audience like my instagram community was totally different my linkedin community was fully professional so i was really looking for some people to chill with where i can discuss work but that's like not the priority where we can crack jokes and have fun now clubhouse and platforms like telegram was not my thing that because you know finding that community wasn't on priority it's on it was on my wish list on twitter uh, i remember twitter spaces started it was like that clubhouse thing where we all were you know there and we used to talk and that was like an audio chatting thing group chat kind of a thing and it was crazy the experience was crazy people were just being themselves having fun we like interacted with so many amazing people i remember anvir alabadia joining my space manish pande in fact we even hosted a space i and two of my friends with anupam mittal and ashneer grover from shark tank wow so what you know actually uh, made, gave me a confidence a motivation that or uh, this platform is something because otherwise i can't even reach to these people and like they are not that accessible but uh, twitter made that happen and i've got some really amazing clients through twitter so getting work getting clients building a professional network was never the aim the aim was to build a community find people who are like me who i can have fun with and a platform where i can just be myself so that's how it started and i think that has still kept me growing the reason that i'm growing even till today the reason i'm getting so much love from people from twitter is because that they get to see my real side my authentic side a different side that they don't see anywhere so initially i used to like barely post anything professional i just used to post fun and candid stuff 
people related with me and that's how i grew today i talk uh, you know a mix of fun and informative stuff because i feel if i have a following i should also educate them and share my journey and insights with them but i think the initial factor that helped me grow was talking to people genuinely building relationships and sharing my real side authentic fun side to them that actually helped me and this is something we suggest to all our clients and all the people who are trying to crack the twitter game as well that just be yourself and that's like the best thing you can do on twitter that's interesting that you got to meet so many amazing people i i remember on clubhouse also this thing happened that ranveer alabadia and a lot of his friends were hosting a space again and then yes. and you could talk to them right now even... some very similar thing happened i was having a very chill space with my friend we were doing it since 9 pm so it was 12 pm people were not ready to leave and he was messaging me mahima yaar let's just end this it's too much now even i was tired 5 minutes later we see ranveer alawadi in the listener section and we were like what this is crazy <laughs> yeah. he joined his audience got notified and they joined us and it went mad then uh, radha krishnan pillai sir also joined us wow. and the session went on till 3 am he gave us our number and so so many wow. things happened it was crazy that was a crazy night <laughs> that's so amazing the stars were on your side that day <laughs> that night absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's that's amazing you know this twitter space in clubhouse i think these are amazing to connect with a lot of people that's true wonderful and see one thing is getting famous so you uh, you did get a lot of followers through those spaces but then continuing that journey and trying to be you know valuable to people is another thing so i see some of your posts reaching more than 70k plus views on twitter so how do you manage that tips on that okay so there's nothing to manage because you do, really don't know what will get viral you just keep posting be consistent and one day anything random can get viral it can be something informative but at the same time mind you it can be something extremely generic or stupid also if you look at my twitter feed or anyone's twitter feed for that matter you will not see only good informative stuff going viral and going getting great traction in fact till the longest time for like 12 months exact i posted an informative tweet every day at 9 pm and it actually created uh, an identity of my own twitter a different identity that okay this girl post every day at 9 pm but at the same time i realized that it was not actually helping people because that tweet was not reaching a lot of people i used to share one valuable insight every day without a skip that streak was maintained till 12 months but ultimately people were not reading it i mean i was surprised so i had to discontinue that pattern and I, now i'm you know more random with that and i'm like very candidly sharing my insights without any time constraint or any such rules but uh, you know to answer your question how to like maintain that journey is to actually like do it for the love of twitter and that community and not just for the heck of it i never post for getting clients only or getting work that was never my aim from day one i get it organically i enjoy it but that's not my priority hence i post the most random fun chill stuff and people connect with me and they continue engaging with me and that's how i grow i am not here you know on twitter at least to just give gyan and just work on like focus on getting leads and work because that was never the agenda on day one 
that's why probably so many people uh, who are not active on linkedin or insta or we don't talk on those platforms connected with me on twitter talk to me consider me my friend i've got so many gifts from twitter family i get so many bazaars and books and what not you know every other day through my twitter friends so i don't want to make it a totally totally professional work focused platform and you know disappoint that community that family that i have built so being myself is helping me to maintain that you know consistency and to grow on twitter that is actually very beautiful thing that you said too for the community that you have built and i think that's the real power building a a fan following is a different thing but then building some a community of people that love you and you love them is something greater than and i think that's what the focus should be on you know building a community rather than building fan base and audiences you know see i to don't consider myself that great that i have fans they all are community they all like my content and that's why they follow me the word follow is you know somehow used when people you know actually consume your content it, there can be a better word and i'm sure one day we have this feature where pressing the follow button we you know like on facebook if you remember there was a button friends add as a friend yes. so maybe some feature like that on when you send it that connection request so i don't really like this fan tag or something of that sort they are not my fans i mean that day i'll probably disappear from twitter they'll you know forget me it takes a day for people to forget and move on so they are not my fans community building is very important yes on like if you are focused on building a very professional community a very professional vibe since day one then that's a different thing because your priority is sorted like i am like that on linkedin because my priorities are sorted that i want to generate leads and be a very professional person on a platform like linkedin but on twitter that was never my goal and that's why that particular community got you know related to me and they got friends with me so i want to continue exactly that's true so uh, coming to linkedin you have again a lot of followers on linkedin as well so like 39k plus followers on linkedin so how to build your personal brand on linkedin okay so i never you know i'm not ever able to answer these questions in a line or in a paragraph even now i am giving like super long answers because i don't want to give half cooked information or i don't want to mislead the community but if you are starting new if you are starting fresh on linkedin first build that habit of using linkedin whether it is for engaging with people replying to people messaging people putting out content build that habit that is very important secondly put content that resonates the most with your target audience so if your target audience is all freelancers then put content related to that maybe tips your personal journey or anything that can help them or intrigues them to read don't put something totally off track so put content that is relatable to your audience and third i think it's very important like while building your personal brand see everything is on google today you don't even need a paid course and you can learn literally any skill on google so what really uh, makes you stand out from the crowd is your usp your authenticity so even if you're putting something as simple as uh, four tips to start your freelancing journey add your personal touch to it add your personal story your personal journey your examples experience and make it authentic do not just you know uh, make your profile look like a google or a wikipedia i mean 
add your authentic self. So I think that makes you actually connect with the audience and build your personal brands that's like genuinely personal. So build a habit, engage a lot with people and uh, put content that's relatable and authentic. That's my, you know, these are the main tips. Other than that, there are so many things to, you know, keep in mind. But yeah, these are like very important for beginners. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of, uh, it's a big world out there, even with Instagram, even with Twitter or LinkedIn. But I think LinkedIn is something seen differently now because of content creation, rather than what we were taught in our colleges, you know, for, you know, resume building and CV, CVs. And I didn't Much think, more that. exactly, it's way more than what we were used to fed in our brains with LinkedIn. You know, and that used to be a boring LinkedIn. And now it's a very interesting LinkedIn for me, for real. Likewise, I mean, I started my LinkedIn journey uh, to find some internship for a college. And I ended up creating content because I used to consume a lot of content. And I was never a blog or a newsletter consumer back then. In my college times, I was not even aware of the famous YouTubers like Ranveer Alabadia or anyone. Like I was not into YouTube or binge watching or anything on the internet because I was not very actively using laptop. Like it used to just lie in some corner and I used to just chill and consume things on my phone. So I never really consumed content from any other platform. So when I explored LinkedIn to find some good internship, I came across a lot of people putting content and I, you know, just to copy them, probably I also started putting content and that's how it all started. Yeah, but you were uh, a lot of your content is more relatable on LinkedIn. And of course, on Twitter as well, I've seen a lot of posts of yours that are really relatable as well as amazing. And of course, I do see two different parts of you, one on LinkedIn and one on Twitter. It's different Mahima Jalan. <laughs> this one's, a, you know, more uh, the one that shares a lot more on Twitter. And then on LinkedIn, it's a little professional. But of course, there is still a touch of you. And I do understand that when I started LinkedIn, so it, it was again, it's like for the job purposes. And then I deleted that LinkedIn and I created a new LinkedIn where the world was completely different now. It's it's not about, we don't even seek to people uh, back then. We used to not look at people that we could connect to. So it's unbelievable what Instagram yeah. and social media can do for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, about personal branding, if I ask you, when you created Sorted Branding, so it's been three years now, and I I know there would have been challenges with starting all of this. So what were those challenges being a womanpreneur, solopreneur, and then building a team? So my goodness, such a, you know, difficult question, because there are so many challenges left, right and center, and they still continue to exist. So uh, initially, I started as a freelancer, I was doing it all alone, sorted brand was Mahima Jalan only and people just knew Mahima, she's a freelancer and uh, she used to do all the work when she started earning a little more and the workload started increasing. She hired a few interns or, or, you know, freelancers and contractors to help her with the work. But later on, she realized that it's high time to scale into an agency. And that's when Sorted Brand was born. Now, when I was a freelancer, I was not accountable to anyone to, you know, for anything, basically. I was taking work at my pace. I was doing it at my pace and I was, you know, happy. But now that I have an agency, I have a team of 10 people. I have to pay their salaries. There are so many things to look at, whether it is the client, 
pipeline it should always be full you have to keep hiring great talent that's a challenge because people come to you because of your personal brand because of your face value so you have to live up to their expectations and you can't really work at you know this level when you have a team and you have so many clients to manage you can't do the real work your team does that so you have to meet their expectations you can't disappoint them you have set some standards so you have to hire great talent you have to retain them you have to keep them happy understand where they are struggling help them as much as possible so firstly team building is a very very big challenge retention is a big challenge i mean it's not easy and when i was a freelancer i used to dream of this life and i'm still very grateful and i'm enjoying every day but it's a lot of work so at the same time i feel that burnout and some days i feel like are yaar it was so good being a freelancer you were alone you had a few two three four good clients and they used to pay you you used to work as per your wish and life was pretty sorted but today you are way, making way more money you are living a better life you are impacting more lives and like today i am able to help 10 people pay their bills but at the same time it's a lot of work and responsibility so challenges are at every stage you have to keep your clients happy you have to keep your team happy and then at the end of the day you have to find some time for yourself amidst all the hustle bustle so it's a lot of work and it's a lot of you know stress <laughs> i do understand that having a team and then managing clients as well as team that is a lot of burnout for yourself also maintaining that brand of mahima jalan you know because every every team member should know who mahima is and should act like a mahima it's kind of your shadow clones <laughs> in a way absolutely ab- absolutely yeah so i see a lot of times that clients would say no to you they would also say ask you to you know paisa kam kar do yaar this is too costly i want to do it in very less you know so how do you manage that you know because this is difficult to hear a no sometimes as well as for the bargaining issues when they say please do it for less for us okay i think i have normalized a no because that's very normal the best of people get a no and it's not it doesn't mean that you are not a good fit but they have their own reasons all the time so or uh, listening or no most of the times is like fine for me sometimes i get like i'm like i really want to work with this client and i really love their work but still you know they have their own constraints and things don't go as planned and that's when i de- genuinely like feel bad but uh, that's the part and parcel of the business when it comes to the negotiation part it is very very annoying it's very annoying especially when you are working with clients from india they are big on negotiation and i mean the service is not as costly as everyone thinks i mean we are not charging lakhs for you know managing uh, linkedin or twitter and we the amount of value you, we are offering in return is way higher but still there's a lot of negotiation and the worst part is that like a lot of high uh, ticket size clients do negotiation who have a lot of money in their pockets having big brands well funded very profitable still they are high on negotiation so that is a even more annoying thing that they these guys can easily afford but still they are negoti- uh, negotiating but i think sometimes you have to overlook the price part and you have to see the client that is coming in return sometimes the brands are like really good 
you get to learn a lot and you get a very good exposure and your portfolio becomes very solid so in that case it's okay to you know accept clients who are not paying that high secondly there are times when as i mentioned you have a team you have to pay bills and you have to make the most out of every person you are hiring so you have to compromise in that case also sometimes so that you can pay your bills conveniently like those low paying clients help you in your difficult times that even if one big client you know discontinues we have some small clients so that we can you know at least pay the expenses conveniently but in that case you can reduce your number of deliverables or the quality of work quality of work i personally don't do because that i hire less so it's not possible for me to reduce the quality of work i can't go and tell them kin ke liye acha kaam mat karna but i then reduce the number of deliverables so i have figured out to cope up with the negotiation part because earlier when i was a freelancer i did not work much with clients who did not pay well because i was alone so i had nobody to share the revenue or i did not had much pressure but now that i have an agency i have bills to pay i have to maintain a decent number of clientele every time in my funnel so i have to accept sometimes but then i make sure that either they are getting some value in return or like the deal is not in like it's not we are not doing it at any loss that's true because it's a lie to talk, you know it's a lie when people say that they don't work with uh, you know low paying or medium paying clients at least those who are not at the top like mm. i am clearly not at the top of the game i'm doing good people know me i have a decent following but definitely not someone holding 10 years of experience there are people with 10 years and 15 years of experience i'm not even comparing myself to them and they are probably working with the biggest names but uh, i am open to take all sorts of brands provided they are you know bringing value that's true that's true so that's a good point on that as well a new perspective all right so coming towards the travel experiences part maima i would like to hear some of your travel experiences that were bizarre or funny anything that you would like to share with us so i think uh, i would like to share so i traveled twice at least every year either with my friends or family and i have noticed that your first are very special your first flight experience i remember i was in 6th grade i went to mumbai with my family so it was a whole maharashtra trip and it was more special because we went by a flight i mean we just went to mumbai and now i have been to mumbai so many times but the reason it was extra special was because it was my first flight experience then i remember my first international uh, trip that was to dubai again that was so special for me it was a family trip and it was more special because it was an international trip otherwise there are more beautiful places to explore and it's not that dubai is something but like still it was extra special because it was my first trip i loved the place i would love to visit there again but i know that feeling of going to an international place for the first time is totally different than going to you know place for the second or third time so that first uh trip was again very special then i went to manali with my friends for the first time when i was in graduation so that was very fun that was very special and then last year i took my first vacation so i carried my laptop and i did some work and i w- went with my work friend sakshi and we had a blast we went to dehradun and it was such a great time and also it was my first experience at a hostel 
I've never stayed at a hostel. So that was again, very new for me because someone who is used to staying at hotels where you get all the services and, you know, you're just one phone away, uh, you know, and you get everything served at your room. It was such a different experience that there was no water bottle. And I was like, where's the water? And she was like, you have to get it on your own. It's hostel. You don't get all these facilities there. And I was like, oh my God. Then like, there was no room service basically. So that was a very different experience, but it was fun. So I think your first, like for me, my first experiences have always been very special. Wonderful. And how was Dubai for you? Like a change of place, you know, uh, and the change of culture, of course. Dubai for me was really hot. And then I see um, a foreigner lying on the beach and I'm like, I'm burning here. And you're soaking in the sun. Like, it's not for tanning. Your skin would literally come off. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's why we consciously went in December. It was still far better. And firstly, you walk a lot at almost every international destination go, you go, you have to walk a lot. So that was a change. Although True. they are so clean, they are so less polluted that you don't feel like uh, you have walked a lot for like if you walk for say two, three kilometers, that's pretty normal. But still, after walking say five to seven kilometers, you actually feel that you have done something. So you walk a lot that was very different Then I'm a pure vegetarian. So uh that like i was scared that food will be a big challenge but thankfully in dubai there are a lot of restaurants that offer pure vegetarian food and yeah. they taste exactly like what you have at an indian haldiram so we were at ease uh when we were in dubai and food wasn't a challenge basically plus currency shock is a you know thing when you go for the first time you have yeah. no idea all the time you're just calculating it and you're just converting <laughs> it and those you know it was mad and you buy everything so thoughtfully so that's something very different because you don't do it usually when you go at a normal trip in india i mean if you are from a recent family it's like okay you don't have to think before buying a samosa or a cold drink or anything but True. there you keep calculating so that was actually you know very different but overall, the city is beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It is, it is. And uh, I'm also a vegetarian. So fun fact when uh, in Dubai is that you also get Jan food. Like Yes. They, yes. they give you Jani foods as well. <laughs> like even yes. in your uh, uh, that desert safari Abu thing. Dhabi. Yeah, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. yeah. So the, like on day one itself, we explored a restaurant that served food exactly like Haldiram. Like it was a multi-cuisine place and it served everything. And it was a pure vegetarian restaurant. So it wasn't even like, you know, it was serving non-veg. It was a pure vegetarian, exactly like Haldiram. And it was very close to our hotel. So my parents were at ease that we are sorted now. We don't need to, you know, scout for more places to have food at least in the morning and at night. They were so much at ease. They felt so homely there because of the restaurant, because of the food that we like all uh, for like seven, it was a seven day trip, I think. And for like every single day we went to that place. Imagine we did like they were so because the parents like things are different. They are, yeah. like, they look for comfort. We exactly. still are open to experimenting, but they were so comfortable with that homely Indian food that we ate that you know food for every single day that's true Dubai offers you a lot of uh, pure vegetarian food yeah it's a very homely vibe it is it is with your parents you should take a trip to Dubai if they're vegetarian that's true absolutely absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) that's like the first international 
destination i think like that's like a very ideal family vacation place yeah and if you have vegetarian parents do not take them to asia anywhere in asia yeah. that's <laughs> that's a struggle then otherwise absolutely all the singapore has a lot of uh, vegetarian yeah, again yeah mm-hmm. so but you have to again walk a lot otherwise that's i think there huh yeah all right so you were also into job so what made you quit your job so i think i was not at the right place probably that time when i was doing my job and i was not doing the work i was enjoying there was a lot of i would say corporate politics that i was clueless about because i was just 21 hence i you know not in fact i i would like to give that credit to my parents they asked me to quit the job because i was still trying to convince myself that this is the corporate world welcome to the reality this is how it is and you have to accept and embrace it and the fact that every month at a fixed date a salary is coming with incentives you are getting diwali gifts office parties and all that life that you were always craving for because that's what you see growing up that's what you aim growing up so i was still trying to convince myself that this is what i made for because i clearly did not wanted to pursue masters at that point i thought it's a waste of money i don't want to do an mba i don't want to get into ma in english honors i did my ba in english honors so i was very sure that something like i don't want to masters in it i don't want to go for an mba so i was comfortable like i was unhappy but i was trying to like sink in but i was jo- maybe if there would have been some mnc with a better role i wouldn't have thought of it and my parents would have been more comfortable but because that was in the case like i was at a very good company but i was not with the right set of people probably or the right set of culture there was lot of work i used to work for 15 hours easily i was not paid that high i was exploited i was you know i used to beg for you know just one leave for my sister's engagement real sister's engagement i had to beg for it and that was the time when my parents were like no this is not going to work it's like work is very important we also work but we do need to take time for our family and if your company is not giving you leave for your real sister's engagement also then there is something wrong so i have to leave the job right now that was like told to me one night when i came home very late with a very sad face so the next day i you know put down my papers and because it was in the middle of the year i think it was april may and uh, all the entrances were already done and i didn't want it to waste another year i quickly went for masters then lockdown happened i explored linkedin and here i am today exactly your linkedin story is like beautiful all right so would like to share any last messages for our listeners okay so i think uh, one message i would like to give to everyone whether you are in any xyz field or uh, trying to crack the social media game whether for your work or yourself i would just advise you guys to reach out to people you want to talk you are just one message away i have messaged the most unaccessible people with the hope that they will never reply me but they have ended up becoming my clients my friends i've you know hanged out with them i have worked with them and if not all i've at least spoken to them and something is better than nothing focus on building connections do not reach out to people only for work do not just talk to people only for your selfish reasons all the time focus on building real connections as well 
and uh, that is definitely going to take you a long way true very true that's that's very true building connections is something that i uh, absolutely love doing as well and i ask everybody to do that as well like build connections absolutely. that's going to take you long way and going to stay with you for a longer way that is true absolutely and yeah, as well agree agreed yes and uh, all the links to connect with mahima jalan will be in the description box below so do go check her out she's amazing especially her twitter and linkedin and of course instagram thank you uh, so you much know, mahima my pleasure i mean i should thank you for inviting me here it's been really long i have spoken to my community and i think this podcast is going to be a great medium for them also to you know listen to what i'm currently thinking about you know twitter or linkedin or what's happening on the work front and it was lovely lovely chatting with you you were such a patient host so i just loved coming here same likewise i absolutely loved hosting you mayma and thank you so much for being on inspiring explorers and sharing your inspiring insights about all of these things that you're doing and especially the behind the scenes that we miss out on the struggles with the client also building a community on twitter and so many points that we cover here are you know very very important and i hope people will gain value from this podcast as well Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. So this was Mahima's journey so far and some interesting travel experiences and I hope you gained some insights from this episode. Thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast. If this episode was inspiring and insightful, please do drop a comment on my Instagram and YouTube at rate my boho voyage. Also do check out my YouTube channel at rate my boho voyage for the video version of this episode. Please do subscribe and give a 5 star rating and hopefully write a review for inspiring explorers. Also please don't forget to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. Drop me a hi or send me a comment so that I know we are in this journey together. This has been Akshay Shrivastava, your host for Inspiring Explorers, saying goodbye. See you next week with an amazing inspiring interview. Till then, take care.